recording and you're like, okay, still out of practice, it's been so long. I don't remember what we've talked about, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. We need a previous little section for ourselves. <laughs> previously on Driver Kids the Podcast, a podcast that you fucking created. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, hi there. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Fix the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cable. And today we are going to be discussing, uh, oh god, the seven- You're really out of practice. <laughs> The seventh episode of the sixth season of Supernatural titled Family Matters. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so I know that I don't know everything about, like, the outside law of Supernatural. That's true. But. That's the point. <laughs> I realized, because I also know about the Wayward Sisters spinoff. This is the Sam version of a spinoff, and Wayward Sisters is a Dean version of the spinoff. It's so funny. But you are so, so, so correct. If Sam was going to suggest a story about a family of hunters, this would be the show. But if Dean was going to suggest a story about a family, <laughs> family of hunters, hunters, Wayward Sisters would have been the show, or Wayward yeah. Daughters, or you know, however, whatever it was going to be titled. You're correct, and I'm so glad that you bring that up because it ties in really well to one of the points that I wanted to talk about this episode. But it's something that we have been talking about. So whether yeah. or not we spend a lot of time on it, I don't know. But the difference between Sam and his definition of family and Dean and his definition of family, and we get it out a lot this episode. One's just a little bit fruitier than the other. Yeah, actually, yeah. One is very much biological definition and one is very found and chosen, you know? And so Sam being confused about Dean not trusting family just fully falls back on this concept of them fundamentally having different ideas about what family is. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a lot in this episode, and actually Samuel too, at the very end, he's like, the way I see it, you've got two choices. You can either put a bullet in your grandfather or stand aside. And it's like this whole thing of like, well, I'm your family. You wouldn't shoot your grandpa, right? And it's that whole like, piracy, it's a crime. (laughs) It reminds me just a little bit though of like, obviously we have our Leverage podcast. And we've just finished season four in Leverage. And we get the iconic line from Nate Ford of, my son would be ashamed of me if I was a murderer, but my father would buy me an ice cream. Like, it's giving me, like, those vibes a little bit. Because, like... Yeah, I feel that. Like, I feel like at some point you could literally say that John did, in fact, buy Dean an ice cream for killing someone. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's a stretch. It comes back to that whole thing of, like, when... Oh, is this something that we... I don't know that this is actually something that has come up in the show thus far. So I'm not going to give any further context around it but there is a discussion where dean is talking about the first time john took him shooting and he like shot all the bottles or he shot all the cans we have had we have had this i do remember having this discussion with you because we were like that's child abuse yeah which to be fair is the line anytime we hear anything about john at all okay so we have that and you know and dean's like oh you know he was proud of me in that moment and so i think that yes you're absolutely right after dean's first like confirmed kill john absolutely was like do you want to go to a diner do you want to have pie with ice cream but before we move on from the whole like discrepancy in the idea of who is family and who isn't family i also just want to put a note here that in that scene where samuel says you're my family so the way i see it you have two choices blah 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 Dean's theme is playing underneath that scene from the point he says, you're my family. It's like, you're my family, Dean's theme. As soon as that is the angle he goes for, it's Dean's theme that is playing underneath that sequence. And then Sam was going to shoot him. (laughs) And Dean is the one who says, no, let him go. And so I just thought that was really fascinating personally. I do kind of love the fact, though, that Crowley obviously is iconic. And he comes oh, yes. in and he does his whole, like, gloating monologue thing. Yes. I The slow clap is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> did you pick that it was Crowley before he was from the slow clap? Just out of curiosity. I think I did. I think I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a, that's like a Crowley thing. Like, yeah. to be fair, spoiler now for my rating, but I found this episode kind of boring. That's valid. Like, it's interesting in some ways, but in other ways I'm like, oh, this is like, like, why do I give a fucking shit about these people? Like, this is exposition the episode, yeah. I think. And that's fair enough. You've got to put your story in some fucking way. Yeah. And, you know, we've been, we've been new that Something Supernatural big. is not normal about putting their story in. <laughs> like, this is, this is not a surprise at this point. Like, Supernatural's methods of storytelling have always been 
spicy. <laughs> Non-conventional. Different. Yes, okay. They're very conventional in some ways, but in other ways they're like, oh, you want an actual normal story structure where you can pick the plot? Basically no one's out here doing it like the CW Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like no one else is gaslighting like the CW Supernatural. What is so funny it's, it's like what I've realized is I have spent so much of my life dedicated to analyzing the show and trying to pick out the plot points and like see where the story is going. Like especially watching the last five seasons, like live and trying to be like, okay, what do I think is going to happen next? Where do I think they're going with this? Because it is so bizarre. Because there are things you're right that are very linear and very conventional mm-hmm. and you know predictable, and there are some things where they just like fucking hit you out of nowhere, and it just feels like, what are you talking about? Where did this come from? It kind of feels like, with some writers, it feels like they've just walked out of, like, foreshadowing the seminar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And other writers are like, mm, no. Yeah. And I think it's very funny because now I will consume any other media, any other media that has a linear progression and it becomes immediately easier to pick where they're going with things. I'm going to discount leverage from this. Purely because Leverage, I think, has its own very distinct storytelling pattern, which is more consistent than Supernatural, Mm -hmm. but it's not overarching in the same way. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Naomi and I were watching The Owl House recently, and I picked that entire plot, like, of the whole show, like, within, like, the first half of the first season. Like, I just figured out everything, and she was so annoyed with me. But, like, that, or, like, I'm listening to a podcast at the moment, Dungeons and Daddies, which like I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably heard of it because it just feels like the kind of people who might be interested in Supernatural would probably also be interested in Dungeons and Daddies. If you haven't listened to it, I could not recommend it highly enough. It is delightful. But, you know, even that, which is like a lot of it is improvised because it's Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like there is a story there and every single time there's a plot twist, I'm always like, oh my God, I bet it's this. And then 30 minutes later, I'm proven right, you know, and so... I imagine every time that you do that, Andrea, uh, like, vindication. (laughs) Because the thing is, I can pick the storyline, but I never expect that I'm going to be right because I'm so used to Supernatural convincing me of something is going to happen and then being proven wrong at the last fucking second because they decide that actually they've changed their mind. And so it's like, it is really funny now, like, getting into other medias. And being like, oh, so that's how that's supposed to work. You are supposed to be able to understand where the narrative is going. (laughs) Like, I've just gotten so used to, like, not being vindicated. Being gaslit a little bit about the narrative cohesion of the story. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Like, you know, with the Our House, like, there was this example where I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe they did that that's so obvious like I, that's such a like obvious thing and Naomi looked at me she's like I have literally never considered that what are you talking about <laughs> like and it's just because I'm so used to having to dig and like look for the things it's like you get so good at 4d chess that suddenly you play normal chess and you're like you're like oh this may as well be snakes and ladders yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah anyway sorry that was a bit of a tangent but but no, so I don't think I like specifically picked Crowley but I definitely think like I heard and I was like oh Crowley like, mm. you know, like, there's something about, like, Mark Shepard showing up that you're like, I can feel your presence. Mm-hmm. And so I I do kind of think it's interesting that they decided to go with Crowley as, like, the person, essentially, that's the he's working show. for. Yeah. I do love the fact that they seem to be like, oh, yeah, no, Mark Shepard. That's our plan, Mark Shepard. Yeah, basically, he'll carry the season. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. And to be fair, they're not completely wrong. Yeah, no, this was a good move on that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like this is the only way to make this season more interesting. <laughs> Sarah Gamble was like, right, I've decided I don't like Misha Collins, but you know who I do like? Mark Shepard. Does that mean that she ships, like, Crowley and Deej? <laughs> I don't Is think- that why she doesn't like Castiel? <laughs> He's getting in the way of her ship? That's why she had Bedlam introduce Crowley, actually. She was like, right. <laughs> I I do love Crowley. We get some interesting information about Crowley this episode. I got some interesting information. Apparently, okay. the subtitles spell Crowley C-R-A-W-L-E-Y, and that is fucking wrong. What the fuck is that? They spell it like cruelly, not Crowley. Oh. Uh, what the fuck, subtitles? Yeah, that's stupid. Like, I, I mean, rip if you pronounce it Crowley. <laughs> That's like when they spell cast with two S's and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's not how we spell that. 
I was more thinking about how we got the information that Crowley was promoted. Yeah. So Crowley is now officially King of Hell, which yeah. I think you already know. We've been there. told you. Yeah. Like, that was one of the more obvious sort of... It made sense. Yeah. This is not something that come out of nowhere. No. Considering the end of last season and the way he was set up at the end of season five, even his just, like, whole thing of, like, I want to stop Lilith and Lucifer makes sense because, like, they also do explicitly give you the information. He's number one on the list of people to kill from Lucifer because he is... He is a threat. He is a threat. Yeah, like, like, this is not a shocking turn of events. No. And also... Aside from Meg, like, Crowley was really the prominent demon that we had mm-hmm. left, sort of as a, like, a recurring character that the boys sort of knew on a more intimate yeah. level. So without Lucifer on the throne and without, like, Ruby or Lilith or yeah. Azazel or Alistair sort of yeah. around, it makes sense that Crowley fills the power vacuum rather mm-hmm. than them creating a whole new character to kind of shoehorn in and yeah. then have us have to be introduced to, especially when we're already meeting a whole bunch of other new characters this season. Yeah. Especially also considering the way they've positioned Crowley previously. That's the other thing. It kind of already makes sense for his character in a way that it doesn't. Like, as much as I would have loved for Meg to become King of Hell, like, Mm -hmm. I think that would have been iconic of her. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it makes less sense because Meg has been positioned as an ordinary demon, whereas Crowley has, from the very introductory episode, been positioned as a demon that's not like other demons. (laughs) He's like upper-level manager. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it also makes more sense for Crowley is a personality choice like yeah. meg does not strike me as wants to get into politics <laughs> yeah like meg just strikes me as like wants to fuck around and do her own shit yeah. and doesn't really want to respond to like anyone else yeah whereas crowley feels like i want to be the person mm-hmm. everyone is re- like responding to yeah so like that i think makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. how are you feeling about crowley's plan to find purgatory do you have any thoughts Oh, also, we, we get Purgatory confirmed. Yeah, we get Purgatory. Like, here's the thing. I we don't know this episode. I already knew Purgatory was a thing. That was I something asked you, you asked me about in the intro episode. episode. Yeah. It's not something, like, obviously, they're going to find it at some point. Whether that's this season or moving forward. Yeah. They've now officially introduced the concept of Purgatory. And I remember when I was writing my fic about how Dean was getting tortured in hell because he was torturing Cass in hell. If you haven't read that. Check it out. <laughs> I... I unfortunately do write supernatural fanfic it's not unfortunate it's delightful <laughs> um, and you said to me as i was writing that because you're my beta reader you said we find out that monsters don't go to hell yeah because it was like in your fic you'd included like a portion about dean like interrogating Cass to try and figure out like what he was and mm-hmm. i was like it's not so much a spoiler to let you know yeah. that like they wouldn't there but yes. in the end it was like well dean wouldn't know that so it's fine. well dean wouldn't know that dean has now been confirmed that he now knows so anything yeah. except after this point i'll have to keep that in mind yeah <laughs> did you ever think your life would come to this <laughs> it's a really unfortunate turn for me no, i think it's i have great. i have notes in here that i am fully ashamed of but i am going to read them verbatim <gasps> oh i'm excited okay do you should we have you finish your current point about purgatory maybe let's finish that up okay. and we'll go yeah. into this so i think it makes a lot of logical sense i think What's so devious and manipulative about Crowley is he's exactly what he says on the tin. Like, you're always going to assume he's a demon. He must have ulterior motives. No, he fucking tells you what he wants. The manipulation portion doesn't come from him trying to, like, sneak and scheme. Mm -hmm. It's because you assume he's sneaking and scheming. You know how Lucifer did that whole thing where he was like, I would never lie to you. Yeah. I don't have to. And it's like that in itself was kind of a lie based on everything up to that point. Crowley kind of actually is what Lucifer was pretending. Like, you're right. Up to this point, like, Crowley is just kind of flat out telling them. This is what I want to do. Like, yeah, I'm looking for purgatory, you know, location, location, location. Purgatory is vast, unutilized and hell adjacent. I'm like, I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) The fruity energy of this little man. Iconic. Do you know who he would get along with so well? Those property investors from Bugs. (laughs) Sorry. See, that is not where I thought you were going to go with that. Oh, I was going to think I was going to go. I was going to say Queer Eye. Queer Eye Purgatory Edition. A Queer Eye AU with Crowley as one of the... I'm so sure that I have seen some variation of that fic. <laughs> anyway, you were saying something probably actually intelligent before I interrupted you. What's so interesting about Crowley is that, like, yeah, he's not actually... Like, he is actively manipulating them. Mm-hmm. But not by lying and scheming behind their backs, by just telling them the fucking truth. Yeah. And they're always going to think, oh, he's got... Yeah, he. they are always going to be trying to figure out 
his actual motive, but he's telling him the actual motive, and yeah. that's kind of the, the trick. Anyway, would you like me to read you these unhinged notes verbatim? I have a few more points about this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are these notes relevant to the scene before we move on? No. Okay. They're relevant to a completely different scene. Can I quickly run yeah, through this it. portion? Just while we're on Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll get to my unhinged notes soon enough. And if you're listening, <laughs> this is extra incentive to, to continue keep, listening. To keep listening. Yeah. So, number one, I have that Dean having a bad feeling about Christian this whole time was totally valid mm-hmm. because he was literally possessed. And this yeah. is another example of Dean's instinct always being fucking correct mm-hmm. and supported and rewarded by the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is really interesting because also the ep- this episode, Sam goes working with a demon, huh? And I'm like, sorry, Sam. I don't think you are in a position to be judgy about no. that. And then Dean later on is like, because Sam's like, oh, you know, like, maybe we should see where this goes with Crowley. And then Dean's like, demons bone you every time. And I was like, number one, that's so funny. Ruby definitely paid Sam. Number two, yeah, like... They have a whole point this episode where Dean's like, wow, you literally have no instinct. And mm. I'm like, honestly? And also, it's, it's not that different to the choices he was making before. That's what I was about to say. It's <laughs> not even like you can't even claim it as a soulless thing. No. Which I fucking picked. Yeah, I know. I, know. I fucking picked this episode to go. I know you did. And I was like, do we do a reaction? And I was like, I don't think we have to. Because no. I was like, we don't have the same build up like we no. did for Demon Blood. And I was also like, you kind of know that it's coming because you've heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like you're. it's a little bit too like, oh, Jamie's leaned mm-hmm. into this one. I do have a note that is relevant to the scene and also unhinged. Can I put it in here? Absolutely you can. And then I've got like two other ones and then we can move on. Okay. My note is Dean's not used to demons wanting to bone him. <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> Much more used to angels wanting to bone him. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Canon. I also have a note on this where Dean asks do you know each other and Crowley's like not in the biblical sense but I, I think it's just such a fun which is so <laughs> funny because he he has made out with Bobby a little bit which means that Samuel is not up to <laughs> Crowley is establishing dominance by fucking all of Dean's parental figures <laughs> sorry anyway and then Dean says to um, Samuel at a later point he's like what did he promise you hair and I'm just like okay we shouldn't make fun of people for their physical appearance. However, that was kind of funny. <laughs> I did have the note here relating to the scene. Unfortunately, Dean is too gay for biological family loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> He's been disappointed too many times by his biological family yeah. to still believe in the same level of biological family loyalty. Oh, you know what? I have a point on this in regards mm-hmm. to the alpha vampire, but do you want to read your unhinged notes first? I can absolutely... They are unhinged. Will they, they will send us on a side panel. Should I quickly make this point very... It's very brief. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So my... Wow, we're really drawing out the tension of your unhinged yeah. notes. I really hope they live up to the hype we've created. Oh, I, I think... I think... I, I, I think they will. Um, so, number one, I actually love the portrayal of the Alpha Vampire. I think the actor does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. He gives such an energy of, like, you are beneath me. <laughs> and... What gets me is they keep on electrocuting him. I know, it's In so what dumb. law is electricity harmful to vampires? Thank you. I have a Why aren't they fucking burning him a little bit? Thank like, you. Thank you. I have a note from later on that says, ah, yes, shooting vampires the way they've always been killed. What the fuck were they going to do? They're like, get your guns. I'm like, to do what, babes? To do what? Here's You're the thing, so though. Dean does actually explain that. They're like, it won't kill them, but a vampire without kneecaps is going to move slower. Yeah. But then... No one shoots them in the kneecaps. They're trying to shoot them directly in the chest where they know will do nothing because it's not actually slowing them down because they don't feel that shit. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Also, like... Dean has a single good idea regarding that and then everyone ignores him. (laughs) No. And, like, they literally watch Samuel electrocute this guy and it does nothing. And then later they get angry and they try to electrocute him and it's like, it does nothing. You already knew it was going to do nothing. You dum-dums. I love them, but sometimes they're so stupid. Mm -hmm. Anyway, on this point, when Samuel is originally electrocuting him, I do think it's very funny where he just goes, ow, stop, that hurts. Like, I just think it's so funny. I love his energy. And then... And this was the point I wanted to make regarding chosen family. He specifically references Dean by name. And Dean's like, oh, I didn't know we're on a first name basis thing. And he's like, you were my child for a time. And I was like, number one, that is so culty. But number two, I think it ties in really nicely with this concept of 
a founder, a chosen family, and also the way that vampires are often construed with sexuality and specifically queerness. And so, like, I just vampires think, are free. yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> no one could see it except me, but Jamie did just do the <laughs> lip wrist. <laughs> but like, yeah, like those are things that have been mm. conflated for a long time, like queerness mm. and sexuality and vampires. Like, it's just like a a common kind of. Mm grouping i suppose and yeah so for him to be like you know you were my you were a child of mine like you know i knew you and whatever i do think it's interesting mm-hmm. under that concept and you want to know what the worst thing about that is i'm so excited for you to tell me what your interpretation of the worst thing of that is <laughs> the alpha vampire isn't even the worst father figure that dean's ever had no he's one of the better ones <laughs> which is psychotic like arguably better father figure than samuel mm-hmm. definitely better than john mm-hmm. <laughs> like insane show for insane people anyway i'm so sorry you're unhinged are you ready for i don't think so jamie okay so you've got to understand that these like i've got three notes in a row all of them which are unhinged one of them i've already talked about okay it's less unhinged than the other two got you but the combo of them is interesting okay and these are all like in order like so one two three okay okay so the first one is cass you're fisting the wrong winchester babe oh my god (laughs) yeah okay and then, fucking no, so are you goddamn kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Unhinged because I was correct. Yeah. The third one is, I'm the size of the Chrysler building, and Dean heard, <laughs> I've got a massive cock, and said, don't brag. I know. I know. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I... <laughs> Were they unhinged enough for the hype? So, I wrote... <laughs> I'll, I'll read you my corresponding note. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> I, this is, I'm just gonna read you like my first five notes because like <laughs> oh I had a couple before but like these are the unhinged. This ones. is my my run through of this from the start of the episode, right? So number mm. one, Cass's blurry husband lol because of, like the mm. weird like in and out. Number two, Doctor Cass Dean would be so into this if he wasn't shitting himself mm. right now. This will be unpleasant, he says, taking off his belt and putting it in Sam's mouth before straddling his lap. LMAO. There's an entire room, guys. You're using like one square meter when like. <laughs> Dean and Cass are having their little whisper. There's like a wide shot. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are standing so stupidly close to the point where I took a photo in case you couldn't remember so that I could show you. Because it looks insane. <laughs> like, hang on a minute, I'll find it. Like, look at this. Look at this. The entire description of the episode fills up the rest of the screen. And then the two of them are just in the other space. It's dumb. And then, like, there's a few more notes. But yeah, mm-hmm. my true form is approximately the size of your Chrysler building, LMAO. Cass is bullying their grandpa. <laughs> like... Because, yeah, it's such, like, my dick is bigger than yours, Angie. <laughs> like, normally I'm like, all right, guys, whatever. But, like, the fact that his cast is so funny. Like, he, he's such a petty bitch and I love him. But he's not even trying to be a petty bitch. He's just, like... He's just stating facts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I love it. And Dean was into it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if Dean hadn't been shitting himself that yeah. whole time, that would have been so hot of mm-hmm. Cass being, like, I'm Dr. Castiel. <laughs> Have you been feverish? <laughs> I, I love the line, are you speaking in tongues? <laughs> I love that he asks Dean and then immediately asks Sam. Also, I do want to point out that when he, he asks Sam if he's been feverish, and I can't remember if he does or not, but like touches his forehead to like check his temperature, at a later date, he does offer to take Dean's temperature because he actually is ill and that is not the way he offers to take Dean's temperature. <laughs> I also just love that he does fully roast Sam. He, you're, he's like, you're right, he looks terrible. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, so my note for that scene was, in fact, Cass, you're fisting the wrong Winchester babe. Oh, yeah, I almost put a note down that was like, I can't believe we got to see Sam get fisted by Cass. <laughs> like, but then I was like, mm, maybe that's a bit far. It's okay. Mm. I, I've got all our bases covered. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, on that scene actually i do think it's so funny that sam straight up just stands up out of the restraints like he was literally just sitting there pretending for their benefit what i find so funny is this entire time cass has been like i don't know what's happening to sam i don't know i don't know anything and then literally he looks at him for five minutes he's like oh yeah he asks asks him three questions (laughs) fists him a little bit and he's like i know what's happening and yeah, and we learned that, yeah, so Crowley was the one who pulled him out of the cage mm-hmm. and just like, it was like, mm, yeah, no, his soul can stay there. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on that in terms of, I guess, motive? Or like, do you think it was intentional, I guess? 100% intentional. Like, okay. I, I don't think Crowley is sloppy enough to forget to give Sam his soul. Okay. I think either, th- there's two reasons. One, he couldn't pull Sam out of the cage 
with his soul. Mm-hmm. Like, it is even beyond his power. Mm-hmm. And now he's framing it as... Like, Lucifer was just clutching it too tight kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, the sort of thing of if he is to release Sam's soul, then, like, Lucifer is bound to it. So, like, practically he can't do that, but he still wanted to pull Sam out of hell because he wants to fuck Dean up a little bit and he also wants to fuck Dean. Yeah. <laughs> so many... So many of these characters are motivated by a desire to know Dean Winchester carnally, and it's so funny. You don't even know. Like, this is the beginning of that, honestly. And then the second thing is he purposefully left Sam's soul there because he wanted to be able to use it as essentially a bargaining chip, as a pawn. Okay. The same way he did with Bobby's soul. Oh, okay. So you're basing, basing your theory around, like, this is actually a tactic we've seen him pull before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, he didn't actually have Bobby's soul. It was the threat of having Bobby's soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now that he's actually got someone in a position where he can raise them from the dead, but just, like, conveniently leave their soul behind. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to make a note. Like, I would like, from this moment, now that you know that Sam Mm -hmm. is soulless, I would like you to pay attention to his behavior as a soulless person. Mm -hmm. My reasoning is because we do get other characters who end up in a similar predicament later down the track, and... I would like to be able to compare their mm. behaviour with Sam's behaviour. Compare Compare the pair. What I find hilarious, though, is Sam's really not making any different choices than he was making previously. It's so funny that you say that. This is why I'm like, please pay attention to Sam's behaviour, because I want to be able to talk about this mm. in the context of other soulless people. Yeah, because, like, obviously he's acting a little different, and he says that he doesn't have emotions now and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, you, here's the thing. He may not have made the same decisions if he had his soul, but you can't tell me he would have made different decisions if he had his soul. You know what I mean? Like, I think he might have gone about it in a different way. Or, like, I think he yeah. may have tried to hide it a bit better. But yeah. I don't think he would have fundamentally made no. different decisions. Like, it's not... Except maybe the Dean being vampirized. Yeah. Like, that one, that one I don't think he would have done if he had a soul. I will put that out there. But, like, his opinion on working for Crowley, like, I think that Sam ultimately would probably be like, okay, but, like, logically. Yeah. Like, it does seem like the kind of thing that mm. could be important or useful. And I also think the other thing is, like, everyone's trying to frame Crowley as, like, oh, he's super-duper evil. I don't think Crowley is evil so much as he is practical. Like, he knows what he wants to do, so he's going to do it. Crowley is really interesting as a character because I think that he falls into this fascinating space where he's not, like, morally corrupt mm-hmm. as such, but he's also not... Like, morally grey. He's mm. certainly not morally righteous. No. But he falls in this weird kind of in-between of mm. morally grey and morally corrupt. And, like, some of his motivations fall closer to one side than the other. Ultimately, his drive is that he is looking out for himself. He is a demon, and, like, yeah. that is a part of their general, like, personality traits. Mm. He's looking out for number one, number one being And he himself. shouldn't be shamed for that. No. I also think it's so fucking funny. We get it. Once again, this is something that I have criticised before. And, like, to be fair, I'm not criticizing the show for this. I'm just saying I find it very fucking funny. Because once more they're like, oh, yeah, if this doesn't work out, we'll just kill this thing that we definitely cannot fucking kill. (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, no, if we can't work for Crowley, we'll just kill him. I'm like, babes, what makes you think you can kill Crowley? Like, they just, they keep on being like, "Mm, yeah, no, if we can't do this, we'll just kill them. It's like, babes, I don't think you understand. You are not physically capable of killing Crowley. Like, I just don't think you can do it. Like, yeah. I don't have faith that you can do this thing. Like, I just, I, I don't think it's in the cards for you. Like, I don't think you're powerful enough. I don't think you're smart enough. Also, we get the episode with Crowley's bones. And they but don't have Crowley's no. bones anymore because Crowley took them. As so part like, of the deal of... Yeah, so it's like, guys, what leverage do you think you have? Because <laughs> I promise you, it's imaginary. You don't have it. Like, you only think that you do. I think they keep on forgetting that just because they're god's blawbos <laughs> it doesn't make them the smartest or the strongest or the most interesting people like they're just god's blawbos that means nothing practically crowley is still fucking smarter than you it doesn't matter how much god likes you god's fucking dead theoretically theoretically <laughs> the- <laughs> to their knowledge you know god is a mediocre white man who doesn't know how to write a proper book i mean that's just canon <laughs> That's just canon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Sam and Dean are still not only fundamentally misunderstanding the situation that they're in, but also still fundamentally misunderstanding each other. And I think that before they can 
actually take on a threat like Crowley, they need to be able to understand where they fucking stand with each other. Because mm. otherwise they are just, they're unaligned, you know, and they're going into these fights not on the same page and not fully trusting each other. And, you know, it's just not a good recipe. One of the things that I did want to bring up this episode is that obviously, like, Dean only finds out that they're capturing the Alpha and not killing him because he runs off from Gwen. Mm-hmm. And he sees it actually happen, and he knows Sam knows about it, and he knows Samuel knows about it. And so he asks Sam, like, point blank. And not only is Samuel flat out lying to Dean, but so is Sam, and then Dean's like, enough's enough, and he confronts Sam about it. And obviously Sam can't really lie, because Dean knows. Like, Dean has seen them take the alpha and not kill him, right? Yeah. The fact that Sam says his reasoning for not telling Dean what was happening with the Alphas, being that it was because Dean would shoot first and ask questions later, I think actually fundamentally misses the fact that Dean's first concern was that they were torturing their Mm. captives. Like, he was like, what are you doing with them? Like, torturing them? Like, oh, okay, so we're torturing. Mm. I think it's really, really interesting because this has been a sticking point for Dean ever since help. Mm. Like, when we had the end, which, by the way, like, this episode was giving me the end vibes. Mm. Like, when Dean did run back towards the house and he was outside the fence and, like, looking at the bodies kind of strewn through yeah. the courtyard, it was really giving, like, you're walking into a trap, you would really feed your friends straight into the meat grinder. Mm. Like, that was the the energy I got from that. But also, in that scene, like, or in that sh- uh, episode, Dean makes the point of, like, oh, so you're torturing again. Well, that's good. That's classy, you know? Mm. And, like, again, it gets brought up in this episode. I think personally that, like, you know, Sam saying, I thought you'd mess it up. I think that it's his empathy that would, quote, unquote, mess up their Mm. plan, not his rashness. And I did have a side note that this could be a Sam thing because I think Sam doesn't always understand Dean's motivations and desires that well because of that whole parental child complex they've got going on. Mm. But it also is potentially a Darwin Laughlin thing because they did write this episode and Dean and the way that he expresses himself, I think, through Darb arcs particularly, does tend to be more rash than mm. other errors. And also I think it falls into line with some of the other stuff that we've seen them have of Dean in their episodes that we've kind of criticised before about them really leaning into that devil may care. I just think inherently there are some aspects of Dean that they either don't understand or don't want to understand. Yeah, they're like, this is an outlawbo. So Dean's argument um, is that Sam should know better, both ethically and logically, Mm. which is true. Logically, he should be able to understand that what is happening is shady and not cool and bad. And also ethically, he should be able to be like, hmm, if our team is committing war crimes, (laughs) should we maybe reconsider our position? So I think that that is interesting as well. And, And again, we get him reiterating that you can't assume that family means the same thing to him, being Samuel, as it does to us. And I think that's interesting as well, because like we were saying before, like Sam and Dean having this misunderstanding or miscommunication between the two of them about what family means. So like to Sam, Sam and Samuel probably have a very similar idea of what family Mm -hmm. means, but it's Dean who has a different understanding of what family means. So the fact that he's saying this to Sam, I think is like highlighting the fact that Dean is actually the odd one out in this. He has a different understanding of what family is. Sam and Samuel seem to be on the same page on their very like dictionary definition, biological Yeah, I think that's the key. Like, Sam shares his definition of family with Samuel. Yeah. Dean does not. Dean doesn't. Yeah. Anywho, did you have a point that you wanted to go on to? Here's the thing. For as much as this episode was kind of just like exposition of the episode, I really don't have a lot to say about it. It's like, it's really interesting from the perspective of like, it's really highlighting the way that Dean sees family versus how Sam sees family. But it's also kind of like, I don't think anything that they revealed was truly like all that shocking. Like. It makes sense. Crowley's been meddling since the end of last season. It makes sense for Crowley to be a driving force in this season. Like, what else are they going to do? And also... He's kind of the obvious villain. Yeah. And, like, Mark Shepard. Yeah, if you have the ability to have more Mark Shepard... Why wouldn't you? Why, exactly. Like, he is one of the greatest character actors of our time. I am never sad to see Mark Shepard on my screen. I've never been disappointed. No. Mark Shepard, yeah. He has... Such a commanding presence, and it's so compelling anytime he is on the fucking TV screen. He also has that ability to, I swear to God, just have insane natural chemistry with anyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that also Jensen has this ability where, like, I swear to God, almost every person he, like, has, like, back and forth with, like, the chemistry is just really good. The exception being J- Julie McNeven, unfortunately. 
But that kind of ended up working well for us in the end, so I'll take it. It's so it's in really... an alternate parallel universe where that chemistry was actually good and we got Anna instead of Cass. <laughs> Ooh. I can't tell if that's a that must be a darker timeline somehow. Somehow. Do you know what? Supernatural probably ended at season five in that timeline. Just the better time. <laughs> it just ended like a normal show. <laughs> Did not in fact live long enough to see itself become the villain. Yeah. <laughs> but when we get through obviously through this season and into later seasons, like watching Jensen and Mark act against each other is like really, really fun. I think that they just as a dynamic like and also the way that their characters relate is just so funny and so entertaining. Like as a viewer, it's just really the really engaging. The really fun thing is that Crowley is a queer icon who's not afraid to be a queer icon. Mm. And Dean is a queer icon who is afraid to be a queer icon. <laughs> like I I think that's that's the really fun bit of it. It's like you've got Crowley who's like out here just embracing the fact that he's a queer icon. And then you've got Dean who's like, yeah, nope, yeah, don't make direct eye contact, yeah. Oh, actually, I wanted to, speaking of queer icons, I wanted to talk about Cass a little bit. Okay. So, number one. Nice segue. Thank you. I had a very quick note about how Cass ends up healing Sam. Yeah. uh, After he's done the soul I love the fact, though, that Dean's just like, Cass fix him, and Cass just does. I know. I actually have a small problem with this, because, like, how hard is it to say please? Dean, I love you, but what the fuck? See, the thing is, Cass loves him too, so... Yeah, but, like, I was just a little bit rude. Actually, Mm. he was kind of rude a little bit in this episode today, because he also... The Darwin Laughlin effect? Yeah, the Darwin Laughlin effect. Number one, he didn't ask Cass to please heal Sam. He just told him to do it, which is kind of like... There's a tendency, particularly in later seasons, for Dean to talk to Cass in this way, which is, like, really frustrating, I think, personally. Particularly, there's, like, a scene at the very, very beginning of season 12 where Cass actually gets referred to as an attack dog by a character and then there's like this interpretation where another character has like just sort of met Dean and Cass and her interpretation of their relationship is that yeah Cass is the attack dog and so like in reference she just goes like hurt him and then Cass does and it's like babe that's not that's not your job actually (laughs) and also that's not how people should be talking to you but I think it's interesting that like this character they just met like, that was the impression that she got of mm. Cass's role in the group dynamic. Anyway, that's a conversation for a later day, but... I love it. you're like, I'm just going to pivot a little bit <sighs> into something that is... Look, Naomi said before I left the house today, she was like, your podcast is going to be interesting today. And the reason she said that was because I had a blood test this morning, and I looked at her before I left, and I said, isn't it weird to think that my blood is somewhere in a tube just spinning around <laughs> real fast right now? Like, it never was meant to be outside my body, and now it's just under some fluorescent lights, spinning in a tube. And you know what's really good? The other solution is to spin you really fast. So, (laughs) thank God it's just your blood and not you. Anyway, um, so that's the energy I'm bringing to the podcast Mm -hmm. today. But my point is, when Cass goes to heal, oh my God, no, the other time Dean was rude. He, he, (laughs) he declined to take Gwen's hand. When he was, like, lying on the ground after she decapitated the vampire. And he was, like, lying on the ground. She put her hand out and he, like, ignored her and just stood up. And I was like, that's fucking rude. That's rude. Because, like, that's like a, hey, like, solidarity. Like, we had, like, a team bonding moment. And he was like, I refuse. And I was like, hey, she hasn't done anything wrong. You might not like Samuel. But, like, she hasn't done anything wrong that I can remember specifically. Other than associate with Sam. Do we think maybe it's the same reason as, like, why she even says that she's been put on? You know, like, outside gate duty and, like, she also reminds Dean of Mary because that is the hypothesis put put forward by her. She says something along the lines of, like, I think I remind him of his daughter or something like that. Yeah. And, of course, we know Dean actually knows Mary. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, you do speak your mind. She said, I'll take it as a compliment. He says, you should. Which Mm. I actually quite like that moment. I think it's nice. Although I will point out that, like, the vibes with the forest and... Dean and Gwen and the way that they film it was giving me very Edward Bella Twilight tree montage energy and that was really weird and then later in the episode he literally says to her Gwen and I thought we had something special and I was like that's your cousin bro and I was like Darwin Laughlin effect like Darwin Laughlin effect what the fuck anyway my point that's your cousin who (laughs) apparently reminds you of your mother so yeah Jesus fuck (laughs) Somewhere Freud is spinning in his grave. (laughs) 
Oh, and actually on this, it was directed by uh, Guy B. Um, I didn't mean to mention that earlier. But my point is, when Kaz goes to kill Sam, Sam like fully flinches and looks like it is paining him <laughs> to be healed. Whereas like conversely, and to be fair, we don't see Cass healing Sam that often. No. Especially but Dean looks like he's been touched by an angel when he does it. Yes, exactly. Dean always looks like he's Dean. kind of at peace. Like it looks like a very calming or like at least pleasant sensation yeah. when he gets healed. But Sam like fully like flinches away. And Do we think pain. it's the demon blood? Well, maybe I couldn't figure out if I was like, is this intentional or not? Because mm. I don't know if it's just like a Jared versus Jensen concept of what's happening yeah. in that moment. But, like, yeah, if... Is it, like, Jared's version is, oh, he's knitting together my skin, that's going to be yeah. fucking painful. Versus just and being, Jer- like, I'm being divinely healed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, two different interpretations. So that could be it, but also... And in yeah. a better show, they would have made sure their actors were on the same page. <laughs> well, but, yeah, you make a good point. Like, with Sam and, like, the demon blood, and obviously at the moment him being soulless, and, like, also, to be fair, the two people in the room with him have just caused him significant pain. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is that unrealistic for him to flinch away from one of them going to touch him again. Mm. But in saying that, like, we have a similar scene with Dean and Cass at a later day where, like, Dean's, like, pretty bloodied up and, like, it's not not Cass's fault. And, like, we have, like, a healing thing, but it's, like, he doesn't flinch away. Yeah. So I think I think it's just interesting, personally, as a choice, regardless of, like, the actual reasoning. I think it is a fascinating difference between Sam and Dean's reactions. Yeah. And I think no matter what the actual intention is, you can certainly read it as... We can apply meaning yeah. to it because they've included it. Mm-hmm. Did you have any particular thoughts about Cass? He's not in a lot of the episodes. He's not in a lot of the episodes, and I think that's sad. Because, it's always sad. Yeah, we needed more gay hostility between him and, him and Crowley. <laughs> you and Crowley. Yeah. That, Don't that worry, is... we'll get there. We'll get some gay hostility. I'm so sick of all the gays being on the same page. <laughs> like, you know... They've just got to be a little bit, like, dysfunctional, a, bit of, a little bit fucked up, you know? Mm. But and I do adore Cass this episode because, obviously, why wouldn't you? We love him. We love him. I think the really interesting thing is actually when you look at the treatment of Cass and Sam, like, the treatment of Sam by Cass yeah. and the treatment of Sam by the, the F, F a vampire because he yeah. literally says, like, he basically calls him a fucking freak and is like, yeah. you're going to be a great vampire. Like, Yeah, it's so funny. I thought it was interesting that the author actually said, where do we freaks go when we die? Like, including Sam in that. And actually, like, last episode, we had the line, like, of the villain of the week looking at Sam and going, you're not even human. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with you? And also, I think it's so funny that they had to have Cass diagnose Sam in the first five minutes of this episode so they could have the alpha vampire look at him and diagnose him in ten seconds. <laughs> like, I was like, what imagine if me- they just did that and Dean did not know. <laughs> what gets me, though, is the fact that the alpha vampire diagnoses him in 0.5 seconds. Like, not even really spoken to Sam at all. Yeah, just, like, literally- he, like, smells him. He's like, you smell cold. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the goddess from last week was like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but there's something wrong with you. It's like, mm-hmm. am I really meant to believe that this fucking alpha vampire is more powerful than this literal fucking goddess? And also more powerful than an angel, theoretically, because like Cass had to do a full like in-depth examination to figure this out. You would think that angels would be able to just sort of innately sense the presence of a soul. But, like, apparently vampire daddies can. Like, it's just such a weird lore choice. Yeah. But anyway, on Sam and the Alpha, actually, Sam makes a point where he's like, you're the one in the cage. And I was like, if you want to take that direction of argument, like, technically, depending on how you look at it, so are you. Like, you can't actually be like, you're the one in the cage, because actually, technically... Seeing the only one not in a cage is Dean. And even then, it's like a cage of his own making. Like, yeah. You know. But so... just not counting mental cages here. Exactly. But in terms of literal cages. Exactly. So technically, Sam, again, I don't think you have a leg to stand on mm. in that one. Do you have any thoughts on the comment that the Alpha makes about we all have our mothers, even me? Like, when they ask, like, you know, mm. who made you if you're the oldest, if you're the first? Yeah. So I... I... My first thought was, like, Lilith. But then I was like, oh, but Lilith is dead. Yeah. So, like, I doubt they're doing that because it seems like they're teeing up for the mother to be some sort of villain, whether that is the main overarching villain or just, like... A side villain. A side villain or a monster that we encounter. But 
I don't know. Like, it feels like, you know, like they are certainly trying to tee up something. And I feel like because of Supernatural and what it is, it will be something that is based on the Bible. Like, that is just, they're the vibes I get. Like, we, yeah. you know, we got Lilith who was from the Bible. And yeah, the whole creepy era is basically mm-hmm. just Bible fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. What I do need to talk about today, though, mm. is my PSA of the day. Bethany, what do you think it is? I don't know. I was actually thinking while I was watching this episode, I was mm-hmm. like, I literally, like, normally I try and make at least one or two notes about possible PSAs. And I was like, I really don't know. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Okay. And I am going to say that if something is physiologically not adding up, mm-hmm. right? Say, for example, you just stop sleeping all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden and you're just... Which he acts like, he's like, oh, I knew it was a problem. I just didn't... <laughs> right? Psycho. <laughs> Serial killer traits. Like, if something is up and you're like, huh, that seems funky. If you have the means to, I would suggest you seek medical attention. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Don't wait until it's, like, really bad to the point where you can no longer ignore it. You know, prevention is better than a cure. So if you feel like, hmm, maybe this is funky and I should get that checked out, maybe you jump on that sooner rather than later. My PSA of the day. How's it going to work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming I was wrong, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're wrong. Um, my PSA of the day is think through your fucking plans. Like, A, torture is not effective in the first place to get information. You they know have... you wrote a whole fic about it. <laughs> Jamie's an expert. I've also done criminal psych and like <laughs> That's less valid <laughs> than the fic, right? Oh yeah, so in terms of my qualifications <laughs> to talk about torture as an effective information gathering tool. Yeah, number one, supernatural fic author. Number two, actual psych degree. <laughs> but essentially, torture's not gonna give you accurate information. Mm-hmm. Torture's just gonna lead to people giving you the information that they think you want to hear. So that you stop so that torturing you stop them. Yeah. torturing them. Like it's very obvious that the Alpha Vampire did not know what they were asking him. Well also even if he did know, like whatever however they were trying to torture him clearly wasn't fucking working. So like they really had nothing on him. Exactly. Like, regardless of mm-hmm. if he knew or not, if their tactic was to torture him, it was never going to work because they literally couldn't torture him. Exactly. And so Maybe think your plans through. You know, like, just mm-hmm. use a modicum of fucking intellect and think, mm-hmm. That's asking a lot for these boys. Yeah. But as soon as they realise that this dude knew fucking nothing, they should have just killed him and then other people wouldn't have died. Crowley wouldn't have let this happen. You're so right. <laughs> and that's why if you want a job done well, you should just do it yourself, which is actually terrible advice. You should learn to work in a team and delegate roles effectively. But, you know, there's a reason we have the saying. Sometimes you just have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Also, the way you said also makes me nervous. <laughs> I wanted to talk about thinking through your plans. Yeah. Which is like really annoying because I'm like, it was actually a valid guess I could have had and then I just mm-hmm. didn't choose that. But I think it's really entertaining to me when Sam comes back from trying to like double agent Samuel, right? And he mm-hmm. goes back to Dean who's waiting in the car and he looks at Dean and he goes, you didn't think I'd come back? And he was like, ah, I figured 60, 40. And like Sam makes this face like, yeah, that's fair enough. Like he doesn't even try to deny it. He doesn't even try to be like, Dean, I would have come back. He's like, eh, yeah, you're right. That does sound like about the odds. <laughs> also, I wanted to ask you, I know we've already kind of touched on like purgatory and like obviously Crowley wants it and he gave mm-hmm. his like, you know, reasoning or whatever. I want to know why do you think he wants purgatory other, other than location, location, location? Power. Okay. Is that not obvious? Is that not implied? Well, I mean, yes, but like it's not overtly stated. So like I don't want to assume. Are you calling me too dumb for supernatural? No, that, I no. I feel like you everyone here listening has heard she's just implied that I'm too no. dumb to understand the implications of no, supernatural. I just I just wanted to see where you were thinking cuz there are like reasons that he could want it. Mm. I don't know. Like he could genuinely want to expand fucking hell into this thing or he like there are different i suppose the obvious thing is that he wants it because he wants power from it yeah i guess there are different ways that that power like could take shape okay so i'm gonna outline what i think is the obvious reason he wants it Please that do. is power okay and the reason why i think he does want to expand hell. i want to make that clear i do think he wants to expand hell and i think the power derives not so much from the like physical expansion of land or whatever it's like it's not like owning extra land it's how many souls are in purgatory. Okay, yeah. We've been told all season, 
power is in souls at the moment. Like, the angels even are buying them up. Like, people yeah. are buying souls. Okay. Like, people are bartering for souls. People are vying for power mm-hmm. via soul. So I think it makes a lot of sense. If hell is trying to get more powerful, there's a whole bunch of souls in purgatory yeah. that are just sitting there yeah, doing nothing, yeah. not giving power to anyone in specific. And, like, even if a monster soul is only worth, like, half as much as a human soul. Yeah. How many hundreds of thousands or millions of souls are there that would mean that that was kind of null and void? Yeah. It's like you could overwhelm that math by sheer fucking quantity. Yeah. Because how many monsters have there been and how many have been killed over the years? How many souls are left sitting basically unclaimed in purgatory? You know what I mean? Like, it just, it makes sense that he would be vying for purgatory for both the expanded domain, but also the hundreds of thousands of unclaimed souls. Also, the thing is, we get the iconic moment this episode of basically the alpha vampire calling Sam a soulless freak. But (laughs) that does imply that vampires have souls. Yeah, well, they were human. Yeah, they were human. So inherently, like, they will... I I suppose if a soul can be considered, like, a physical Mm. component, then they would retain it until they died. And then I would generalise that to all monsters have souls. Yeah. So if all monsters go to purgatory when they die, and all monsters, or at least most monsters, have souls... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would imply that there was a huge amount of, like... like, (laughs) It's it's free free real estate! estate. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) location 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 (laughs) also like the other thing is he does make the point purgatory is hell adjacent so if they can just find it it wouldn't be too hard to claim yeah okay cool i just wanted to see where you were because we hadn't like explicitly talked about it so just so that we're all on the same page Mm -hmm. i do think though at this point you can canonically say that crowley did in fact raise so he raised samuel campbell from hell uh, from heaven. He, he pulled Samuel for the knowledge. down. He pulled Samuel down for the knowledge. He dragged Sam up to get to Dean. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> like, he has pulled Sam up because he wants to get to Dean. Because he knows that without, without Sam, there's no reason for Dean to be there. Mm. That Dean is never going to work with Samuel. So he's pulled Sam up for Dean. Yeah. So he doesn't even give a shit about Sam. Like, I want to be clear here. He doesn't <laughs> give a shit about Sam. Sam is once more being used by a pawn because someone wants to fuck Dean. <laughs> Do you know what's really interesting is I actually have a note that is kind of similar to that, but it's specifically that there's a moment where Christian says to Dean, like, I've been here doing my job. Where were you? And, like, it's kind of, like, comes back to, like, well, Dean was with Ben and Lisa, right? Yeah. But the reason that Dean stayed with Ben and Lisa was because Sam gave strict orders not to pull Dean out from the family unit. Like, the only reason that Dean wasn't involved sooner was because everyone around him was trying to protect him by saying to themselves, no, Dean is out, Dean is happy, Dean is safe, we will not involve him again. But the fact is that if they had just gone to Dean and said, hey, this is the situation, you know, we could use a hand, or like, I don't know what to do, or like, what do you think? He would have helped. Like, whether or not he would have continued to stay with Ben and Lisa, you know, we will never know. We'll never know because the show didn't show us, but I personally think that he probably would have eventually left anyway. But the point is that if they had just gone to him mm-hmm. and told him the truth, like if Bobby had been like, Sam, no, we need to tell Dean that you're back, mm-hmm. you know, which would have made fucking sense, yeah. you know, or if Samuel had been like, hey, like, are you sure we don't want to include Dean in on this? Like, you know, I've worked with him before kind of thing. That would have made sense mm-hmm. or even like Cass has been struggling with the civil war at any point if he'd been like yo I could use an extra set of hands like I'm sure that Dean would have been like yeah I'm here but it's the fact that like they've all self-imposed this like rule of like we will not intrude and it's like it's really interesting to have Christians say that line like I've been here like where were you like that's something that we're going to be able to talk about at a later date specifically about Dean as well and, like, Dean was only not there because no one told him that Sam, surprise, surprise, wasn't actually fucking dead. Yeah, it's literally like Dean was there, but no one reached out to tell him they needed him. No. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, he was there. He's the beleaguered wife being like, what am I, a mind reader? Yeah. <laughs> literally, but, like, I think this particular, like, that particular phrasing of that line I think mm-hmm. is interesting. I wouldn't class it as, like, foreshadowing for later stuff. I don't think it's, like, 
but it's, it's not that serious. But it's definitely kind of like a repetitive theme that we'll be able to come back to and be like, oh, it's interesting that they've used the same phrasing here. Mm-hmm. Also, I know it is usually your thing, mm-hmm. but I do want to point out that like, I don't know what the lighting budget was like for this episode, but like, holy shit, does their secret hideout just have to be complete? Like, they're not currently being hunted while they're hanging out in these sheds. They could have turned a light on. They could have lit a lamp. Like, do you know how expensive electricity (laughs) is these days, Bethany? Are they trying to be more energy efficient? Are they they also in a cost of living crisis? Like, what is... Why is it so dark inside in the middle of the day? Are there no windows they could open? I, I don't know what it was, but for some reason this episode, it just really struck me that I was like, are these people allergic to the light? Is it impossible for the, Are they vampires, honestly, at this rate? Turns out that it's actually like Jensen Ackles is physically allergic to sunlight or something, so that's why the <laughs> CW Supernatural is so dark. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we'll protect you from the sun so you don't get too many more freckles, but yeah, we'll throw you down in real glass. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts? No, I think I'm actually almost pretty well done with my opinions on this episode. Like, I, don't, I am too. I don't think there's too much other too much else to cover on this one. I think it's one of those ones where there's like a lot of exposition and a lot of sort of like answers to things we've been waiting on, but it's nothing that's like obviously you kind of had an inkling about the whole soul thing, so it's yeah. like a huge shock. Um, and I also had the inkling of like Samuel's clearly working for someone. Being shady like, and like you knew yeah. the purgatory existed. So like a lot of the sort of reviews we got this episode, while they would have been like a big deal if you knew nothing. It's and when they, like, it, oh, well. when this episode first came out, it was probably like a massive like. <gasps> they're like, oh, moment. they're finally doing something yeah. for this season, yeah. So there's only a couple other things that I kind of mm-hmm. want to touch on. Really, only two. So number one being that Cass points out that he's literally in the middle of a civil war, but of course your problems always come first. And I was like, petty bitch, love it. But also he is right. Because Dean is kind of being a dick. He's like, mm. if you find something, you come immediately. And Cass is like, yeah, because I've got literally nothing better to do with my time than solve your fucking problems. Like, it comes back to this whole, like, he just says, fix him up or whatever. Like, he doesn't actually ask, hey, can you heal him? Like, he just tells him to do it. And it's like a really, it's, I, I just don't like it. Mm. it. It doesn't feel, and obviously, like, I'm a hella, so, like, mm. you know, there's, like, rose-colored glasses or whatever. But, yeah, I think it comes under the dub effect of, like, this is just, like, impolite. Like, mm. really impolite. And kind of, like, I think they're forgetting that Cass is literally their friend. Yeah. At this point, like, he's not just, like, it's not like they're talking to Crowley. I would understand if he said to Crowley, mm. hey, if you find anything, you come straight back here. Because he's looking to intimidate Crowley. But Like, he's like, looking to be, like, you understand how serious I am. But, like, with Cass, it's like, that's your fucking friend, yeah. man. And he literally did... Like, come, drop everything like, to drop come everything help in a civil war. Fact, yeah, like, he is fully... He like, has other shit to do, mm. you know? And so, like, especially, like, you know, we ended last season with them being, like, you know, Cass is the new sheriff in town. Mm. Like, that's how they left it. So, he's busy. He's doing shit. Mm. To be fair, I think part of it is, like, how can we reduce Misha's contracted hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how can he conveniently be just missing from a lot of these episodes? And then half of the fandom was like, mm-hmm, what if we didn't do that? <laughs> so I think that moment where Cass says, like, of course your problems always come first, is, like, number one, him being a bit salty, but also yeah. number two, like, it's just a fact. <laughs> like, it's just him being a little bit of a, a useless gay, you know? Like, yeah, like, I know I have all this important shit going on, but yes, absolutely, I will come when you call, <laughs> like... That's the gay pining. It's the pining, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other note that I just wanted to make is that at a certain point, uh, just after we get the sort of reveal that purgatory is going to be significant, the alpha refers to them as stupid cattle. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is actually weirdly relevant for the continuation of the Gamble era. Like, the concept of people as being, like, a herd of cattle or a herd of sheep. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like... And they're going to make Crowley rich. He's got a big flock. He's got so many souls. Yeah, so, like, I think that that was, like, just interesting phrasing because, like, not so much this season, but certainly next season as a concept of humans just being kind of this, like, domesticated herd animal is, like, really interesting. I was like, oh, it's funny that it was, like, included. No longer are they sheep. No, no, no. They've got an upgraded cattle. (laughs) Anything else you want to add this week? No, I'm just going to ask you that. No, I'm all done. Cool. In that case, how would you rate this episode, Family Matters, out of five. It's hard because, like, I want to give it a two and a half. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, does it deserve a three? Because it does actually 
follow through on some of the storytelling elements at least, which is like unusual for Supernatural. Like, should I reward it for having an actual linear story that is not completely fucking whack? I think that the structure of season six and the ongoing seasons is very different to the first five, mm-hmm. purely because it's like a season by season plotline now yeah. and not a multi-season plotline so much. So I think that personally, I would probably give it a higher than 2.5, even though the episode itself wasn't that entertaining. I think that's just a sort of a byproduct of the fact that Samuel and those characters mm-hmm. and that whole plot are just Boring not, as fucking hell. They're just not it. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Like, there's that side of things, but also on the other hand, I think that the stuff with Cass is really interesting and good. I think the stuff with Crowley is really interesting and good. Yeah. And we do get a lot of answers and sort of plot things disclosed and sort of pathways opened up. So okay. I'm going to give it a three, but half a point of that is solely for Mark Shepard. That's valid. And Mark Shepard only. It's, okay. it's an episode only worth two and a half, but because you do get Crowley, I'll give it a three. Okay. I'll take that. Next episode. Because I'm not changing it. <laughs> Next episode is titled All Dogs Go to Heaven. Do you have mm. any thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, fears, or predictions? Okay. So I, I have seen bits about Supernatural outside of Supernatural. Obviously, I was on the internet for 20 years before we did this podcast. Yeah. I feel like I remember people talking about an episode of Supernatural where they like conscious swap Dean with a dog. <laughs> I don't know if that's not till later or it's this episode. But I feel like there is an episode where Dean is just acting like a dog because they're like, you know how in fucking Swap Meet they made Sam yes, and the like six year swap? Like they've done that, but Dean and a dog. If it's not that, I hope that we get more Crowley next week and it's because of his hellhound. Oh, okay, that's yeah. fun. Oh, oh that's, that's a f- funny title considering like yeah. all dogs go to heaven, but it's like but, the hellhound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and fun. I, I really just want it. Right, okay. Here's, here's my pitch for the episode. Oh, okay. So you're just going to write us a fan yeah. now. Okay, I love that. Okay. I think instead of you predicting stuff, we from now on from, should just have you pitch an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I get the title and I have to pitch an episode based on it. Yeah. We don't see Dean and Sam at all. Oh, First interesting. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's kind of like Weekend of Bobbies. Maybe we get like a little bit to them. But primarily, it is just Meg's Hellhound and Crowley's Hellhound having like a date at the dog park. Oh my god, like going on little adventures, like yeah. Clifford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh they're just god. standing there, like Meg and Crowley are just standing there, like whinging about the Winchesters the entire time. <laughs> so the episode concept is Meg and Crowley, who like canonically dislike each other, yeah. like <laughs> go to the dog park with their last days and just bitch. Yeah. Like they just bond over mutual yeah. hatred. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. But imagine the power that you would have if they were friends. Oh yeah. Even just uneasy allies. The queer audacity would be off the charts. (laughs) Did you have any other predictions, thoughts, emotions? No, I think the episode doesn't give us, like, really all that much. Yeah. Um, My first thought was Hellhounds. Otherwise, some sort of dog-like monster or maybe something's killing dogs, specifically. I I will give you... Do you remember, like, way back in Season 1, we were talking about the dogs of Supernatural? Mm -hmm. I think it was Season 1, could have been Season 2. And I was, like, going through my list of of dogs in Supernatural... Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I included this next episode in my, like, description of different mm-hmm. dog or dog-related yeah. plots that I remembered, but this is certainly... An interesting one? Well, <laughs> you said to me before we started recording that you were like, full disclosure, I think this episode was kind of whack, and I was like, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> wait till next week. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Same episode as this week, but instead of vampires, it's werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the exact... Like, they literally just copy and paste of the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would know this? Anyway, next question is, do you think we'll get Cass uh, next episode? No, because I think they made too much of a point of like, I'm fighting a civil war. Cass this is way. busy. Yeah, yeah. they're civil like, war. we are excusing Misha's absence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're putting it in the fine print. Like, yeah, Cass is busy. You probably won't see him much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I am going to toss this in here because now we know he's a bit more relevant. Mm-hmm. But, but do we think that Crowley is going to be in next week's episode? If he's not, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, I mean, that's true of every yeah. episode. But, like, I feel like it's, like it makes sense for him to appear again in next mm. episode to really cement his place in the season. Yeah. Okay. So I would be surprised and disappointed. Okay. If he wasn't in the yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, Sarah Gamble has one job, and that is <laughs> to, to put Mark, Mark Shepard into whatever episode he wants. <laughs> okay. 
in that case, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hopefully you had as much fun listening as we have had recording. If you wanted to get in touch with us outside of listening to us ramble on in your ears for an hour or so every week, you can always find us on any of our social medias, all of the links for which will be in the description below. And possible topics for conversation could include if you figured out the plot twist about Sam being soulless before the reveal, I would like to know when you figured it out. Because I did. I have documented evidence. Because I just think it's really interesting, like, when different people pick up on different tales. Like, when we're at the very start of the season, we're doing the episode with KJ, and you were talking about, like, how Sam was just, like, you were like, Jared's acting is just off. Like, I don't under- – he just doesn't feel like Sam. Like, I don't understand. And me and KJ were like, we get it. We promise. It's intentional. Like, we were like, we don't know how – we were like, with you, like, I have no idea how to explain this to you without spoiling it. But it's like, yeah, no, you're supposed to think that something is wrong with Sam. You're supposed to be like, this isn't right. He's supposed to feel suspicious. And, like, I would just love to know what other people figured it or, like, had an inkling that maybe it was – like a soulless thing or like what was the thing that tipped you over the edge to be like oh this is something is definitely wrong with Sam how do you feel about the other candles are they also boring as shit to you <laughs> yeah cause do they... you remember any of their names because I don't yeah I had to keep checking <laughs> I really I literally my note about Dean and Gwen in the forest being like Twilight-esque originally said Dean and what's her name because I was like I literally don't remember and like the only reason I knew his name was Christian was because he literally said it to him and I was like oh okay that's hilarious that the dude named Christian was the one possessed by a demon the entire fucking time (laughs) I did think though that there was something weird about that dude I was like that dude's kind of off I was like I don't care enough about him to say it though well Dean's been saying something's been off the whole Mm. time and you know that's the whole point in and of itself anyway Thank you so much for listening and hopefully we have you back next week. Bye. Bye.